You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Book of Genesis, chapter 32. Mac Beggs uh, made history in 2017 when uh, he won uh, the uh, wrestling competition in Texas. Now, no doubt that's not significant. Uh, The reason why he made headlines was because uh, Mac Beggs is a man and he won in the female league. The reason for it is because he's an American man that uh, identifies as a transgender woman. No doubt he won 2017 against Chelsea Sanchez and then in 2018 faced her again and guess what? He beat her again. How many know that an unfair fight is not even nice to watch? It's not a nice thing to uh, having to endure. But even so, having to uh, uh, see that is always very difficult. Our scripture involves two competitors, one being a man and the other being God. And no doubt this would be a a wrestle that we would uh, anticipate God would easily win. How many know God's a very strong God? And yet we have a wrestle between man and God uh, and man prevails uh, for a long period of time. So I've uh, entitled this sermon, Wrestling with God, uh, out of the book of Genesis chapter 32, uh, 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 starting at verse 22. The Bible says these words. And he arose that night and took two wives and two female servants and his servant uh, uh, and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of uh, Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and he sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall be no longer called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, oh, let's pause there, verse 28. You have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. Wrestling with God. Let's look firstly and focus at man's wrestle. Because the truth is, is that there are people every single day that are involved in a wrestle may not be physically, it may just be psychologically, emotionally. We wrestle with people at work. We wrestle with our family, our spouses, our children. We also wrestle with ourselves, that we grapple with our own insecurities and our shortcomings. There is a mental health increase where many people come under that assault mentally and psychologically wrestling with thoughts of whether I should or I can or will I and this is an ongoing battle but add to that many wrestle with God every single day and this isn't just uh, uh, faced with atheists or evolutionists or scientists Uh, there are faith-filled people who wrestle with God 
issues that arise that cause us to be uh, uh, caught off guard or even cause us to doubt or uh, feel as though uh, we don't know what God is doing or whether he's in control. Uh, and so we understand every day, many times we can be faced with uh, a wrestling match. Now, it can become so common today to wrestle with so many different issues that we grow accustomed to it. How many ever just met someone who likes arguing for the sake of arguing, right? It's every single thing is an argument. I mean, uh, you know, did you leave the milk out? I didn't do it. And, and it's an ongoing battle just over simple issues uh, that mean nothing. Uh, and the truth is, is that many can grow accustomed. We're in a generation today loves to argue. We argue about the climate. We argue about our location, uh, how we feel. Every single day is an argument. You don't have to look very far to be involved in an argument. I pity the people who go on social media or even YouTube, watch a video and go, oh my gosh, and they comment. How much time do you have that you would involve yourself? Well, I don't believe that that's right. And, and, you know, and then for the next hour, you see it like, I'm saying, why? Because it's a, a common thing. You grow accustomed to it. People begin to involve uh, themselves in arguments. And no doubt our character, Jacob, uh, it wasn't his first rodeo. This wasn't his first battle. In fact, he had been wrestling with his father and his mother. He'd been wrestling with his brother Esau. And no doubt this altercation between him and God was just like another day wrestling with new, compo uh, uh, new uh, uh, opponent. This was expected. Jacob grew accustomed to having to wrestle with the issues that he was faced with. But yet this issue with Esau was not going away. We're talking about a long period of time, years after years, an issue that arose over the selling of a birthright. Something Esau was taking, feels as though he was taking advantage of. Jacob now has used that to his advantage, has gone away, ran to Uncle Laban. Now he's built his little fortress, but he's realized that the wrestling has not stopped. He was going to be faced with this issue again. And this is a common reality for many. How many know that it, you can grow tired of fighting? I mean, sometimes it's like, I mean, the good thing is my wife and I, we've been married 13 years. We've only fought once in the 13 years we've been married. And I, I know, it's amazing. The fight started when we got married and it's still going 13 years later. Hallelujah. One day, one day we'll get there. It's still only one fight though. <laughs> the truth is uh, that you can grow tired of fighting and always having to uh, be faced with that reality of having to explain or even give an account. Uh, but it's possible to live a life of constantly wrestling with one another Find yourself defeating every opponent, uh, standing on the winner's podium all by yourself. Well done. You won. You got what you've always wanted, and yet you stand there alone. You stand there in your own self-righteousness. And listen, we need to be very careful what 
you know, what arguments we get involved in. This is why we're, we're evangelizing. Uh, we are there to reach the lost and tell someone about Jesus Christ, not to argue theology with a, a Mormon or a seven-day Adventist. You know what? You have your own beliefs. We don't agree. Let's agree to disagree. Move on. I'm here for the lost. The trouble is, is that many times the devil loves to get you involved in an argument. All of a sudden, it's like an argument about, well, what name do you use when you worship Jesus? We should be using the Hebrew Yeshua. Or, you know, do you, you, know, do, you do communion? And, and, and what do you say? And how do you? It's like, let's just worship Jesus Christ. But it seems as though people are getting caught every single day in a wrestling match, and it's achieving nothing. Now let's look secondly at the wrestling with God. Because what's significant about this passage of Scripture is that a wrestling match against God ultimately should be a very quick match. You know, on the day when Jesus Christ comes back riding the horse, He's got fire in his eyes. There's going to be, I mean, he's, he's on, you know, just, and we are there behind him. It's not going to be like, you know, the 1800s, tink, 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 fighting uh, the, you know, Lucifer. And they're the, you know, the, uh, it's not going to be a battle. It's going to be just a, in a moment, bang. Okay, you guys lost. Jesus is back here. He's establishing his kingdom. Uh, it's not a battle like that. But here is this reality uh, that these Two are now in a wrestling match. And if I was to pick a fight with someone strong and handsome like TJ, I would gonna, I, was, I mean, it's just, I'm going to lose. It's no, it's not, a, I mean, you know what I mean? He would just hold his hand out like that while I'm swinging like this. <laughs> Ain't nobody getting, any, it's, a, it's a pointless fight. And he just picks me up and puts me out, sit down. Nobody goes into a fight with somebody that's twice their size uh, or even twice, uh, you know, as strong as them. You can only imagine how God would have had to restrain himself from just going, oh, you want a wrestling match? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but he didn't. And that's what's significant about this text is that God chooses to wrestle with man. In other words, there is a way that we can approach God. Yes, we have doubts. Yes, we have uh, uh, our shortcomings. We may not know everything. And instead of God saying, listen, I don't have time for you uh, and your issues and your doubts. Uh, uh, let's just be, be done with you. Uh, he involves himself in a wrestling match uh, so that he could demonstrate his power towards us. Could have very easily struck Jacob down. But listen to our text in verse 24 and 25. A man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now Jacob, and he saw that he did not, uh, now when he, speaking about man, saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip uh, was out of joint as he wrestled uh, with him. Now you can see that in your own text, that the capital H signifies God being a, uh, the man who is wrestling with Jacob. And so here is this wrestling match. And again, this shows the heart of God. You know, God doesn't have to explain himself to us when, we, when he does something uh, and we don't understand it. 
There are so many times, and yeah, for, for those who have been on uh, uh, YouTube and watch Ravi, the, the, uh, the apologetic, the man who gets up there uh, and, and explains in, in just absolute detail uh, uh, how it is that the world was formed, that God is real, that salvation through Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Uh, and these people who stand there as atheists and they stand there as evolutionists, they say, well, how can you believe in a God? Uh, and he just makes it so simple to understand. And these people still walk away doubting God, doubting that the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the truth that is in the Word of God. Why? Because they just want to argue. God, uh, no doubt, uh, uh, allows this uh, for us so that He could uh, reveal who He is. The prophets of Baal, the Bible says 450 prophets come to Elijah and he's there. They're trying to have a battle. You prove that your God is real and I prove my God's real. The prophets are cutting themselves. They're shouting, they're screaming out. Nothing happens. Elijah prays and fire falls on the altar. How many know that God could have caused the fire to consume the prophets of Baal, but he didn't do that? In the New Testament, we see that James and John, the sons of thunder, after the Samaritan village rejected Jesus Christ, uh, the, uh, the Bible says James and John said, uh, uh, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? And Jesus rebukes them. He says, you don't know the manner of spirit that you're of. In other words, you know, God can very easily wipe us out. We know that that's what happened in the beginning after God looked upon man and they had destroyed God's creation. But he said, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to allow man. I'm going to give them time to turn and repent, which meant God was going to involve himself with a wrestle with man. Why? Because God is concerned about proving that he is a perfect and just God. Everything that he does is perfect and just. You know, God, God does, doesn't get frustrated. He gets, you know, there are some times where it's like, okay, you're really starting to push his buttons, but he's patient. The Bible says, there's an old saying, God will never force you to do his will, but it'll make you wish you did it. It's amazing at how God, I mean, look at our lives. How many years upon years did we turn our backs and say, you know what, I, I just, I don't want to serve you. I don't believe, or I don't think it's right. And he was patient with us. He could have very easily, oh, okay, yeah, Michael's a party. You don't care, no problem. Gone. Problem erased. And yet he didn't. You know how God doesn't get angry unrighteously. The Bible says in Psalms 103 verse 8, The Lord is a merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. That in other words, that there are things that no doubt would frustrate him. We see this uh, in the New Testament, Jesus driving out the buyers and sellers that are in the temple, uh, dishonoring the temple, bringing disgrace to the temple of God, uh, and he's driving. But this was a righteous anger, and we see uh, that no doubt it wasn't out of control. It wasn't something uh, that allowed him to just lose his testimony. Why? Because this is the, the character of our God. And the truth is, is that he will never hate us. You know, for us, man, if you can say something about me, my family, my kids, you're going to be on my bad list. You ain't getting a Christmas present from me. 
You ain't even getting a little thank you or, or a little card, nothing. Why? Because you said something that was dear to me. Right? We're very easy. And, and again, like as Christians, we're to, to, you know, challenged. Turn the other cheek. That's hard. I'm running out of cheeks. Right? <laughs> it's, it's tough. But thank God our God doesn't turn and say, for God so liked the world <laughs> that he offered, you know, Mars bar and a snicker for anyone who, you know, no, no. He said, I'm going to give you my best. Why? Because I'm involved in this wrestle. And I'm going to make sure that you get everything uh, out of our uh, wrestling match. So let's look thirdly and then closing out God's touch. Because it's not just a wrestle that God's involved in. He's going to touch you and I. And this is what's significant about Jacob. He's wrestling with God. And the Bible says, finally, the struggle continues. The day breaks. And, and God says, you know what? I'm going to touch the socket of his hip. And the moment that he did, it was out of joint. The wrestling match was over. Thank God for that. His touch was able to set him at a course now that realized, you know what, the guy that I'm fighting, the God that we serve is one that ought to be trusted. The touch of God. Listen, it can go hour upon hour upon hour until finally we are held by our Father. He's not just going to throw you down, pull you over and that's it. One, two, three, you're out. He's going to then, it'll go from wrestling him, trying to put him to the ground to then finally we give up and he's holding us. We're surrendered in his arms. Think about the picture there of a father that said, you know what, I'm just, I, you know, I just want to be with my creation. Even they wrestle with me, they, they say things, uh, they turn their backs on me, uh, but yet me being involved with the possibility of one of them turning from their uh, uh, rebellion and finally surrendering to me. What a transformation. God wants us to experience. See, God is offended by when we wrestle with Him. In fact, He uses an opportunity to reveal who He is to us. It's in these moments when we have talks with God uh, that our attention is directed to Him. Uh, yes, there are things that throw us off guard. Yes, there are things we don't understand. But listen, God is more uh, uh, invested in our circumstances than we realize. He knows the end from the beginning. He hasn't given up. He hasn't pulled the lever and said, you know what, I'm over, I'm out. He's still there wrestling with us so that we would eventually experience His touch. It's nothing like a life and death experience to change you from the inside out. It's amazing at how, you know, you have a, a car accident or you have a, a little jolt or, you know, some chest pain. And sometimes, you, you, you know, maybe I should stop eating three tubs of ice cream an hour. You know, it, it's like you, you, you do some life changes. Why? Because it, it's that moment. It's that touch. One thing's for sure. Anyone who wrestles with God, you will always walk away with the knowledge that our God is a powerful God. Now, you'll, you'll either walk away regretting you fought with him or being thankful that you did because this reality you have to understand no doubt brings ought to bring us closer to god the parable of the persistent widow that jesus speaks about luke 18 3 through to 5 the bible says now there was a widow in that city 
And she came to him saying, get justice, excuse me, for me and my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. This is Jesus speaking about a parable. And no doubt the widow is a representation of his creation, of us. Someone who cannot help themselves without the outside source of a heavenly father. And here is this persistent widow that says, I need your help. I need your help. I can't do this without you. And he goes, you know what? I don't have to help you. You, you mean nothing to me. But just because I know that if I don't, you're going to just be here all the time pestering me. I'm going to get involved. Now, what this reveals is that when it comes to wrestling with God, we always need to understand that we have to do it with the right heart. That our heart needs to be in the right place. It's according to God's will. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I close with this thought. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. You have to understand is that even though Jacob wrestled with God... He was still wanting God's blessing. He said, I'm not going to leave and I'm not going to stop until you bless me. In other words, what he's saying is that this wrestling match is not going to finish until I'm right in your eyes and you touch me in a way that sets me on the right path. Listen to me. Every single time we come into the presence of God, that's what we need to be crying out for. Yes, we have issues. No doubt a week can go past and we can be grappling with so many different circumstances. God doesn't get offended at those circumstances, those wrestling matches that we have. But don't grow bitter. Don't turn on God. Don't feel as though God has abandoned you. He is still working His way through our circumstances. Cry out. And pray for God's touch to be felt upon your life. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments.